Welcome to the MT Podcast. This is where we cover gaming interest-related news of the last week. I'm your host, Michael Hansi. My co-host right here is Kyle Heath. How you doing, Kyle? What's up, man? What have you been up to? How's the game in life? Game in life's good, Mike. Game in life's good, you know. Um, I think uh, most most of this week dabbled in a little bit of Power World, not too much, you know. Start. I'm, I feel like I'm actually starting to kind of taper off Power World a little bit. Um, it's kind yeah, of, the it's, developers it's kind of rain its course for saying, now. <laughs> so, I don't know. You see the post about the developers saying that like some of the players might be uh, lazy. <laughs> no, I didn't see that, but yeah, it seemed like they were trolling them. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's one of those things like you know, it, it's I know they're kind of in crunch time to fix major bugs still. I'm sure. So true. It'll probably be a while before we get some new content. Um, but, I mean, I, I think for the most part, like. I don't know. I've got. I feel like I've gotten kind of my money's worth and gotten probably the most um, out of it at this point. So I'm just taking a break um, for a while, then kind of hop up to other sense. games. Um, what the most recent game I played is that little game called Cocoon, which we talked about. Oh yeah, you, d- you did message me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You were very excited. You're like, this game's yeah. awesome. It's Damn. like all caps. <laughs> yeah, it's super sick. I do like just seeing like playing it in person, just kind of like experiencing the game. It's very. Uh, it's one of those like games it's it's pretty short from what i saw i think it was i think how to beat on like the xbox page said it was only like four or five hours um oh, that's awesome. so i'm like maybe a third of the way through already but um but yeah i mean it's i think it's it's again like what we talked about with these indie games it's super creative super interesting um i think like the boss battles and stuff too like aren't too challenging and i i think nice. what, what's interesting about it too is like the game itself is very minimal there's only like the movement controls and then like an action button and that's like pretty much it. Like, there's no other controls in the game, so you're kind of just it, it, there's simplistic. no there's no mouse, nothing like that. You're not using okay. a mouse or anything, which is, I find pretty interesting. But, um, but yeah, so it's just a lot of like kind of just those basic, you know, movement and that action button. That's about it. Um, but I think it's pretty well done, just kind of keeping it minimal. And I think as an entry level, like a lot of people could probably pick this game up and have fun with it because it's just not. <laughs> it's one of those kind of like chill games. At least so far, it's been relatively kind of relaxing to me. Just kind of go through a world very, uh, very. It's a world that's very colorful and interesting, and but at the same time, it's like a platform. Like I'm not, I, I like I don't find consider myself a huge like platformer, isometric style of gamer. But I don't know. I'm really enjoying this. I think it's a, I think it's a nice very change cool. of pace. So, I'm liking it. Um, but yeah, I mean, out outside of that, um, I don't know. The big game was this weekend. Watched some Super Bowl. Um, had some fun there. Um, but um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think outside of that, there wasn't a whole lot. I can't remember much else. Um, that's been kind of a blur of a week for me. But I, I can am. totally relate to that. You and I both seem to be buried in work right now. <laughs> so yep. it's Definitely. like days are going by extremely quick because of that. I don't know if it's the same for yep. you, but it is for Excellent. me. Yep. Yeah, it's been brutal. Um, I've, I've been kind of doing the same thing as you, just uh, keeping it like, laying low in terms of gaming um i've been playing the finals pretty much the whole my whole free time when yeah. it comes to like gaming time it's just been nothing but the finals and like watching content on it learning new things about the game keeping up with the patch notes it's, it's a really good game it's really fun and i'm getting better at it so it's a good time yeah, but outside of that man i did the same thing i just watching tv watching sports <laughs> and uh yeah i mean family came into town i got to spend some time with them hang out with them and yeah, that was good. nice Always good. Yeah. Always good. Yeah, but gaming terms, man, not much of anything's going on. Just mostly trying to convince other people to pick up other games so they can catch up with me. Like, <laughs> yeah. One of the boys, uh, one of the boys, recently got uh, he got Diablo four, and it went on. So he got Diablo four about a week and a half ago, and then it went on sale for Valentine's Day, like a couple of days, <laughs> oh, and no. he was furious. And then, no joke. He complained about it like two or three days ago that it went on sale and he was upset. And today we're going to cover is Diablo 4 is the first Activision Blizzard game to get onto Game Pass. <laughs> yep. He has he has Ultimate Game Pass. So I messaged him just like, hey, by the way, uh, Diablo, Bo- Diablo 4 <laughs> is finally on Game Pass. And you can even see it in the Discord. He like he messaged, he goes, that's BS. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a lot more profanity because he's annoyed. But oh, man. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah, good, man. Feel bad for him, but you know these things happen with subscription services and everything nowadays. It's like you just never know. Yeah, it's so true. You really never know. Um, but we got a lot of good news that happened today, and it's all to do with Xbox, really. And I'm glad we kind of had the opportunity to 
to postpone our normal recording time so that we can cover it yeah this week yeah i i look i think it helped with the amount of stories there was like a lot of just kind of i think like filler stuff this filler. Week when i saw yeah, it mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot of yeah. like substance really most of these stories so yeah it definitely came to our favor i think to kind of wait a day but here we are yeah i, I noticed that too <laughs> but how about we go ahead and get started started with the first article which is like i think really peculiar yep. that i mean we've been talking about ubisoft for a while now of like how they're struggling yeah and this is kind of wild yeah yeah i don't even think this this article might mention it but they you know we skull and bones right this podcast has been the running meme on the show and it's like finally coming out this week and the early gameplay is looking very bare bones trash so to speak. <laughs> uh, it's not looking great right skull and bare bones <laughs> oh man i can't wait to see more of the reviews but it's pretty funny yeah however we are discussing the french ubisoft workers are on strike for salary um this, this happened this past week this article was published on the 14th um my uh mary i that's a french last name i don't even know what kind of last name <laughs> um delisandre delisandre i'll say deputy editor over at uh over at gamesindustry.biz um this follows uh failed annual negotiations on wages at the company union stjv says so Let's discuss a little bit further. French Game Workers Union, STJV, um, is organizing a strike today across three Ubisoft studios. Workers were invited to join the picket line in Ubisoft's um, agency, and these are like crazy locations that I'm not aware of as, you know, southern born American. You know what I'm saying? Like... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, outside of the studios from 9 a.m. and outside of the Paris studio from 2 p.m. That's uh, Paris. Um, STJV called for the strike earlier this month following the failure of the annual salary negotiations at Ubisoft. Uh, despite the union's efforts to find an acceptable compromise, negotiations hit a wall, the union said in a statement. In order to hit arbitrary cost reduction targets, management offered a budget dedicated to raises that would be lower than inflation for the second year in a row. The union also pointed to Ubisoft's H1, um, F, I guess, financial year, fiscal year 24 uh, financial report, uh, during which uh, CEO Yves Guillemont said results were well above expectations. In the company's most recent report, looking at the nine months ended in December of 2023, Guillemont um, talked of positive positive momentum as revenue was down 4.1% year over year and net bookings up 1.6%. Union representatives working at Ubisoft talked to French publication um, Gamecult to uh, sh- to shed some more light on the strike, uh, with one Ubisoft Paris worker explaining, quote, the strategy chosen by management aims at saving 200 million pounds, or I don't think these are pounds, euros, right? Euro, those are euros. Saving 200 million euros over the next two years among production costs. Um, we are contesting the strategy. When you're a game development studio, the right way to make money is to make video games in the best possible conditions so that they can be of the right quality. It's not by skimping on the workers who build them and by saving on the tools they use that you're going to make money in a capitalist context. Workers want to be proud of what they ship, and overall, it's not by struggling to pay your rent or by working in poor conditions that, that you can work properly. Oh, baby. You'll be soft workers going crazy, Mike. Are you surprised by this? After what we've heard for so long from Ubisoft? Uh, I think it's, well, I'm, that's like a double-edged sword, right? So I think, okay. I think it's surprising that the workers in the tech industry, specifically game development, are going on strike during a period where it feels as though everybody is getting laid off. Yeah, it's like, Very true. That's, kind of, that's kind of shocking. Um, but I don't find it that shocking that it's happening to Ubisoft because yeah. it's just the red flags over the last, I would say, year and a half of all the issues that they keep saying and how their games just haven't been really successful at launch for a while now. Um, it's It's got to be tough over there. And, like, remember the Ubisoft yeah. Direct? What was it? The UB Play? No, it wasn't that. The development conference that they have, everybody has a freaking... Like, like Ubisoft Connect or something like that. Can, yeah, it's like, it's, is it yeah. Connect? Is it like, it then there's Connect. PlayStation Play, I think, and then Nintendo Direct. State of Play, Nintendo Direct. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot, there's, yeah. Like, there's so many that I, I, I'm i actually getting them confused now. I think it was Ubisoft but, Connect, though. I think it was Connect. Yeah. 
but it didn't look that promising, man. It really didn't. And they keep pushing this like skull and bones job that you were talking about, the skull and bones project. And you and our fellow uh, content creator, Crazy Miller, were both looking at it and like, this looks terrible. It's like, <laughs> this needs to hit, man. They're like, they're definitely struggling financially. So to see stri- like strikes like this, it's pretty shocking. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's surprising? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I echo your sentiment pretty much. Like, it is. I don't think I'm necessarily surprised it's Ubisoft, but I'm kind of surprised given the state of the industry and kind of how things are going on. Yeah. Um. But and but I, you know, to that point too, I think it's also a testament to how bad it potentially is and how bad it's been for so long for this to come to a head in a period where the industry is like it is. You know. Um. I think there's clearly kind of something that's been, and as they mentioned in the article, something that's been kind of brewing for years yeah. now. <laughs> Just like this is, you know, keep talking about change. We're talking about positive momentum in the company, and here we are. Like you're not paying your workers, <laughs> not giving like adequate raises. So, um, yeah, man, it's just I don't know. It, it's crazy, man. It's not not looking great. And like you know, skull and bones too. I mean, I, like you said, we saw gameplay of it earlier. I mean, I, there's clearly just from watching like 30 minutes of it i see there's a lot of places where they just cut corners in terms of whether it's like animations or like just overall gameplay experience like it's you know for being yeah. delayed as long as it was it seems like it's definitely not it's not a quadruple a game like <laughs> kiamon said on that call i'm pretty sure that's what he said it's like oh man um trying to sell oversell this product that just isn't isn't what we want or expect i think yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, that's kind of the job of the CEO is to be the like the most optimistic person in the room to sell yeah. the product to the public. He's the ultimate like marketer. But to you're kind of lying, right? <laughs> when they're over here saying, "Hey, uh, the results of the company is well above expectations," and then when you see the actual financial report, it shows that it's down four point one percent year over year, right? Yeah. During a period where like game sales were going through the roof. And people are gaming probably more than they ever have. It's like, how is that possible? You're just lying? Or is it just you're overly optimistic? Or worse, like you're negligent and can't read your own reports? That one be <laughs> Did that be bad? <laughs> yeah, so, and I don't think it's that one. So I think the union definitely has some ground to stay on. But uh, I don't know how it really works over in Europe. But in the US, it's like barely unions are like sustainable in the company because they'll just get rid of you quicker than you can create a union. It's like, good luck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So it seems like, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy stuff over there, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Ubisoft, just another, another kind of red flag indicator, I think to put in the sand of what things could become. Yeah. And very unique. Like, like we said, it just doesn't make sense that, that their workers would go on strike during a time when everybody's doing layoffs in their industry. Yeah. Very unique. Yeah. That's it. I feel like it's gotta be bad, dude. This is the case. This is what we've come to. Mike can't be good. No, certainly not. But there's one company doing pretty, pretty good. You know, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I'm kind of glad you gave me this one. Cause I have like a couple of like opinions on it. Not too much, but it's just a very, very interesting topic for anybody that's like investing or just paying attention to the overall market and profitability of these companies that are in gaming. So the title of the article, well, the article comes from The Verge and it is by, M- hold on, let me, let me zoom in here. Amrita Khalid, I believe. I always think it's Khalid, One of the- but <laughs> I just think of the artist, I don't know. Yeah, Khalid, <laughs> I don't know. probably. I may not be yeah. right, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> So the the title of the article is NVIDIA is now worth more than Amazon and Alphabet. Alphabet's Google, by the way. Uh, NVIDIA lead in the AI chip race has been or has made it the fourth most valuable company in the world. How do you feel about that so far? Do you really think NVIDIA is the fourth most valuable company in the world? I mean, where are we at with modern computation, Mike? Every computer either has an an AMD chip or an NVIDIA chip. Or the Intel integrated graphics, but I mean, come on, we're still using integrated graphics, dude. Come on, dude. (laughs) Yeah, no shot. Don't be insane. Don't be insane. (laughs) Don't be crazy. See, the article goes on. It's it's pretty short, but I got a I got a couple of takes from it. So, Nvidia surpassed Google in market capitalization on Wednesday, only a day after it overtook Amazon. 
Bloomberg is reporting that the chip maker stock is now worth $1.83 trillion, oh beating the Google owner's $1.82 market cap by a hair. This makes NVIDIA the fourth most profitable or valuable, sorry, most valuable company in the in the wake of the AI boom. After Microsoft's $3.04 trillion and Apple $2.84 trillion and Saudi Aramaco. Yeah, Aramco. 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 I don't know. I'm making stuff up at this time. <laughs> so the company is currently making the H100 chip, which powers the majority of LLMs in use today. Uh, that also includes OpenAI's ChatGPT, which has been popping off, and the majority of AI projects for Microsoft, Meta, and Amazon. The world's largest tech companies are involved in the AI chips arms race, with each of them hoping to create their new or their own GPU chip to topple NVIDIA's virtual monopoly. Ironically, as Bloomberg notes, NVIDIA's top sales of AI chips come from those same companies. The Santa Clara-based firm is close to releasing the superior AI chip, the H200, which has the memory capacity and bandwidth and it has more memory capacity and bandwidth than its predecessor. Earlier this month, Reuters... Routers? Is it Routers or Reuters? Um, that's a good I've always heard Reuters. I want to say Reuters, but uh. yeah, I've always heard Reuters, but you never know. Everybody has different accents. So Reuters reported that Nvidia has invested thirty billion into a unit devoted to helping other companies make their own custom AI chips. Meaning, even if companies opt to build their own AI chips, Nvidia could get a piece of the action. Meanwhile, direct competitors like Intel and AMD are working on their own powerful chips that could rival the H two hundred. Sheesh. Gosh, it's hard. It's hard to say, man, because I think uh, for the longest time, NVIDIA was a little bit overinflated. I think it was a bit of a uh, meme stock for a while. Like, I yeah. would say like five years ago, it was probably more of a meme stock. Like just people saw the trajectory and bet on it. And that just kept going up and up and up a lot of speculation. But then with the, the relevance of AI coming to the forefront, it's really adding some serious like true value to what NVIDIA is. And I think that's why it's surpassed Google, which is insane. <laughs> Google's crazy good. Google has its own AI as well. But again, this is NVIDIA pretty much is a hardware seller more yeah. so than it is a software seller. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're definitely getting into AI. I mean, I think, I think their hardware, they try to tailor, I think they're trying to tailor more to like, you know, progressing AI in terms of like computation speed and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, 100%. That's certainly there. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm like for me, I'm not like super surprised. Um, I, I think, I mean, I think I agree with your take too. More like you know, it certainly wasn't nearly this valuable like a decade or even five years ago. I feel like it's just no, like but it was over, really pr yeah. It's just like it's just took off like a rocket ship over the past like you know half decade. So yeah, I think let's just look up some like quick stock markers real quick of uh growth so over the last year it is up 230 percent year to year that's wild if we go five years crazy. it's 1725 percent i don't even want to do the math of what you should invest <laughs> and how bad i feel ignoring the uh engineering intern that i worked with that said you need to buy nvidia now and that was 20 I think, yeah, he said 2012 to do that. And according to the chart, it's $3 a share in 2013, 2012. Jeez. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. So max, it's up 88.5,000. But I'm pretty sure these are uh, stock adjustment values because I think they did splits a couple of times. Yeah. But overall, the percentages don't change. That's just incredible growth over the past five years. And they're like they said, the only real competitor to NVIDIA right now in GPU space is AMD and Intel. I don't really even consider Intel an option when it comes to GPUs. I think AMD has more to offer because they also make CPUs and yeah. just the overall performance and stuff. But yeah, the price is wild, dude. It really is. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I mean, it's a, it's a good point, too. I don't like like Intel in terms of GPUs, like... I think they're they're pretty good like mid range, but like outside of that, they're not a real competitor yet. So no, it's really just Nvidia so. and AMD. And Nvidia, yes, I think, still holds the crown at least 
at the edge, right? So Oh yeah. By far. By far they hold the edge. It's like I think they have like close to eighty percent of the market, if not more, of just like GPUs. It's like that's crazy. AMD that's like basically monopoly. Uh, where AMD makes most of their money though is like through the handhelds and laptops and mm-hmm. <laughs> the smaller devices. That's where they kind of dominate the market, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in every single one of the consoles, so that helps a, a significant amount. It's also a really good budget build for like companies that are starting out that need some type of like heavy processor. That like with the like that's kind of the difference with Intel and AMD when it comes to CPUs is like you get kind of more bang for your buck in terms of um, computational software that you need for, like, big office data mining stuff. Not data mining, but, like, data entry, I guess. Data analysis is probably the best way to say it. But Intel is more geared towards, like, single-thread applications or single-core applications. It's just different. It's all about, like, what you need it for. Yeah, exactly. It's different for sure, but, um, yeah, I mean, worth worth more than Amazon and and Google is... uh... Nuts, dude. Yeah. It's, it's getting up there. I, I don't know if it's worth more than Google, to be honest. Google is like, I think Google's real value is all the information that they have, all the data that everybody's used. Like anytime, like think of all the like Google Android phones there are, and how much data they have. Of like every time you search something on Google Chrome, they just get more data of you, and like your more search history, and they can sell that to other companies. Man, like for targeted ads, I think that's just, yeah, I think it's just unmatched. Like everybody's got a Gmail account, I think. Like everybody, yeah. At this point, I mean, yeah. it's just so easy to set up. That's like the biggest thing. I feel like, um, yeah, access, right? And it's integrated with everything. Like anytime you try to log into a new account or like any type of website, she's like, "Do you want to log in with Google?" Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's here's like, your OAuth right here. <laughs> like, yeah, just just hit yes, and then you're automatically yeah, no two worries. Two buttons, you're you got an account. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Convenience, Mike. People love convenience. And yes, sir. Out here yes, sir. Providing that convenience. Convenience and security, I think, is the the key here. And this just uh, Nvidia popping off. I mean, that just goes to show, like AI is here to stay. I mean, yeah. You saw the recent ChatGPT, like Twitter viral videos and stuff of like text to what was it like text to video format? So they were typing in whatever they wanted and then the AI would just render it. Open AI drop. Yeah. Open AI just dropped a new thing. That's what I mean. It was like, it was, it was like a new engine too, that they, (laughs) they made essentially for the text to video and it's, it looks nuts. It's scary. You know, it's GPT four, I think, or something like that. Uh, They're, they like rebranded it. It's incredible. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah dude, it's crazy dude and for those <laughs> looking over over here you can see an article games for tea drinkers on gamerant.com we're not covering that but it's right right over there <laughs> it really is i love these article titles hmm. big news oh yes big news quote in quotes big news out of the xbox camp today should we discuss Mike? yes of course that's pretty much like what this episode is really geared towards yeah it's just all the stuff that came out of xbox today yeah yeah so there was there was kind of a podcast style interview that was done today with some of the heads over at xbox um some of the executives just discussing kind of the future plans for xbox what people can expect coming out of the uh the gaming giant um in the future i uh it's so funny i saw so many memes kind of leading up to this whenever like phil spencer announced on twitter i think it was last week that they're going to have something this week where they were going to talk about the future yeah. of where Xbox is going to go. And everybody's wheels just started turning. <laughs> like everyone was creating memes like, oh, the consoles oh, yeah. are done for. Like we're going all digital, this, that. And the third, it's like, it's like, what are we, what, what is the Xbox going to become? But I, I think today, kind of, especially after, I don't know, I, both of us watched it. So like after kind of it all, after processing, I think most of it, especially in the moment I was watching this, like, a lot of the stuff I, I don't feel like I was necessarily like surprised about. And I think I was as, and I, you know, I didn't go into it expecting a whole lot. And um, I feel like we just, I, like, there's definitely some cool announcements, which we will talk about here. But I think yeah. for the most part, it's kind of just like, this is, this is the direction I feel like we knew Xbox was kind of going. And so there's no yeah. big surprises, at least yet. I, I think that's a fair assessment. I think uh, we, there wasn't much new really at all there was a little bit more details but the overall sentiment was the same like if you've been paying attention to what phil spencer has been saying in multiple interviews this is the first time i've really seen it 
outside of like an Xbox official like brand ceremony or showcase um, where he's actually said it on video to somebody else. And it was like an official format where this is all we're talking about. Like, here's the strategy of Xbox. In the past, it's always been a couple of interviews here and there, him saying a couple of things, and then you can just kind of infer what he's saying. Yeah. I think he, like, really spells it out. I think that's what's significant about this video. Yeah. Or the, uh, the Xbox podcast episode. Yeah, the official Xbox podcast. It's, it's really interesting. You know, you know, Mike, we run a podcast, you know what I'm saying? It's so, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like nowadays, when I see a lot of kind of, like, the more kind of newer podcasts, or maybe the more, like, modern-day setups... You know, you got all this money. It's like I see a lot of these people. They'll just do like lavalier mics, and like there's no yes. like dangling mics. It's just it's just like they just sit there and just have a conversation kind of thing, which I think is honestly like kind of like the That's... future of how it's gonna be. It's just kind of just oh, yeah. because they're so high. They're, like these mics are such high quality now. It's like just throw that on. Sounds like you have yeah. one of these. You know, it's kind of nuts. yeah. I think we've had that for a while now. I think we've really had that with like headset mics. Like we could plug in our headset mics and it'd be completely fine too. Um, um just I, I think it. It just sounds and looks better with yeah. a USB condensed mic or yeah. what you have an XLR mic. The aesthetic does hit. I can't lie, you know. <laughs> the aesthetic does. does hit. But um, yes, it does. Regardless of all that, I I think kind of what they uh, it, like some of what they talked about. I know um, kind of one of the one of the kind of main announcements too was there are going to be which we will talk about more um in detail in the next article. But there are going to be they did announce four games that will be um releasing to playstation 5 and switch um so that's kind of their strategy to at least for experiment and see like okay if we bring some of these you know maybe not as big games but kind of just like you know some of these you know, games that have been a part of xbox and game pass for a while um oh yeah and maybe these more community driven games how would these perform if we kind of broaden that horizon and you know add these to other consoles um so, you know, we'll discuss in a little more detail later because it originally wasn't he because Phil in the video says like, well, I won't say the names here because we want to kind of leave yeah. it to <laughs> them to say, but like, it's still kind of leaked out anyway. Um, oh, so, it did. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was kind of the first announcement, too. I think uh, another thing, too, obviously, Activision Blizzard, huge acquisition. Yep. We're finally starting to see the fruits of that acquisition through Game Pass. Um, yes, we are. Diablo 4, like we mentioned at the top of the show, is coming out next month on Game Pass um so in in march so which is that that's pretty exciting um and i think it's going to start kind of they, they mentioned i matt booty's also in this presentation as well and he's kind of you know he's leading that kind of game pass effort right so he's talking about like you know in the future like with all these kind of you know with these new releases especially from activision blizzard like we're planning every first party xbox title to be day one on game pass um incredible that's, yeah that's kind of <laughs> really just like is. you know i i think that makes sense that that's i think that's the that was the idea behind this acquisition right it's like they want to get a bunch more games and these games are going to be on game pass um so again not like nothing that's i think too surprising to us who have been covering um especially the xbox stuff for so long it's kind of just like you know i think this is the next kind of the next iteration we expected um yeah but yeah i mean I, I think that, that was i think those were kind of most of the announcements i will say the, the one thing I was kind of like I didn't really like about this presentation was like at the end when they were talking about like um, game preservation on Xbox and how they want to make oh, more of an yeah. effort for like backwards compatibility and stuff like that. They touched on that very briefly at the end. But like and I was like really hoping they would, you know, kind of talk about like, oh, like, you know, we could invest in hardware and keep the physical media and stuff like that and kind of have a way. So like maybe you could potentially own your actual games in the future. Maybe you could download your own kind of version of the game. But but it really wasn't like nothing really came of it. It was kind of just like, yeah, we did backwards compatibility for the Xbox 360 going over to the Xbox one kind of thing. And, you know, we want to, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, your investment is more usable you know, down the line. If you get a new console, you can still play a lot of the old titles. And it's like, you know, that's cool and all, but it's kind of not, I think what I was looking for and something like that. Um, but, you know, I, we could go down this debate again, Mike, I think, I think if we were to let people own their own games, especially like whether it's PC or something like that, obviously for games like Call of Duty and like multiplayer shooters, if you were to own your own game, it'd be easy enough for you to just make another account. If you're like, you know, a cheater and you're trying yeah. to just keep going, like it's a lot easier in that regard, right? There's certainly a downside to that. But you know, you also buy the games. So, I mean, it's kind of just like you should be That's able to what own I was going to say. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. They're going to make more money though if you have to make more, like more accounts and pay for it. Exactly. But yeah. I think. I think the true future is more about like live service games. It's really what they're yeah. trying to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, like if you pulled anything else from this, or is anything I'm forgetting? But I mean, that that was kind of the gist of um, if I remember correctly. I mean, well, I was, uh, I'm debating whether or not I should go through the full list. Um, what are your thoughts? I know we have the same Word doc that we use for notes, but I was taking notes during while I was watching it and just writing down what like Phil was saying, what the rest of the execs were saying. And I can kind of go through that real quick. I'll, I'll leave the exclusivity part about the four games to the other consoles, but because we're going to cover that in a second. <clears throat> but it seems like, like he, yeah. So Phil basically said the long term health means a growing platform reaching as many people as possible, and he thinks five to ten years will not have as many exclusive games from anybody. So oh yeah yeah I mean yeah he was mentioning that and there was a couple of questions about like because there was an interviewer and they were asking just general questions just to get the conversation started it seemed obviously like scripted but so the overall first question was uh how does that apply to future titles and phil immediately was like this is not a sign of everything coming to all platforms yeah basically saying there are going to be some xbox games that will only be on xbox platforms either the pc app or any of the consoles or streaming cloud they also had something about talking about first party games and Xbox Game Pass, talking about all Xbox games will be on all Xbox platforms and all games will be, all Xbox games will be on Game Pass day one, like going forward. They're very serious about that. Like really trying to sell the Game Pass um, and how Game Pass will only be available on Xbox. And they kept saying on Xbox and I think they're trying to redefine what that means. Instead of saying it's like, oh, this is the Xbox. It's not the physical box, like not the physical console. It's like the platform is now becoming Xbox. Yeah. So whatever that means, whenever you sign in to your Xbox account, that is the Xbox. I think that's what he's referring to. Uh, they want to bring more games to more players, which is the key thing. They kept saying that multiple times. Very, very serious running theme. Uh, and then there was two key things that they wanted to concentrate on was cross-play and cross-save, which is good because some of these games, you have existing player bases that are on already existing platforms like there's the battle.net of all the activision blizzard games i want to be able to play with like my friends on xbox because i already have like diablo 4 for example already yeah. and if like oh. they now can get on xbox i want to play with them but that's different platforms so it'd be interesting to try that out see how it works <clears throat> and yeah they really didn't say much about like how the xbox strategy is going to change um phil said something very interesting and he said, the devices that the people want to play on should be in service of making the games as big and as popular as they possibly could be. So it seems like they're trying to build the overall communities to be on all platforms and all devices so that the games like survive the longevity of like a player cycle, you know, for the long term. Yeah, but for sure. I'm trying to let me just scroll a little bit further and see if there's anything else to really look for because outside of that they didn't really talk too much about and i told you about this before we got started it was like game libraries and preservation it's like there were no real talks of getting any game saves off the cloud in fact it'll be further embraced yeah so they were just saying like yeah we're just going to keep adding them to the cloud keep adding them to the cloud it's like well what happens when you shut down the server man i don't yeah. have the game anymore yeah, I mean, um, I I feel like Phil, I think Phil Spitzer even mentioned in passing about like you know we'll try to keep the services you know up as long as you know possible, right? <laughs> oh, he, he definitely said it. Like, yeah, he like, definitely uh, said it. That's not preservation, Mike. You know what I'm saying? I will no, say that that's though, not the, the reason for the cloud. I think the reason for the cloud, right, is you know obviously cross platform, cross saved. Like that's the biggest yes. benefit. A hundred percent. Data mining, data saving. <sighs> yeah, stuff you know, like that. Selling your data. It's crazy out here. Uh, one last thing to actually mention, which was good. There's a June showcase for the Xbox, and they're probably going to talk about the Game Pass Ultimate and all this kind of stuff. But they said during that June showcase, they're probably going to announce more than 10 major releases coming to Xbox and on Game Pass. So that'll be cool. That'll be good to hear. We'll see what that actually comes out to in a couple of months, really. We've been saying it, Mike, 2024-25. It's gonna hit. Xbox is gonna start to deliver, dude. It's getting crazy. Oh, dude, we said that. We said that in like 2022. We were just like 2024 is the year, bro. 2024, five. That's when all the Unreal yeah. Engine five stuff's gonna hit. Oh, it's true, man. That's something. Speaking of Unreal Engine five, 
the finals uses Unreal Engine 5. Oh, really? I did not know that. And it explains why the game is so smooth and, like, everything in the game you can destroy and it doesn't, dis- like, completely nuke your frames. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's, like, yeah. really, really good. Yeah. So that was very exciting. Yeah, I just think about the Unreal Engine 5 presentation where they're talking about, like, polygons or, like, no longer polygons or, yes. like, some weird, like, <laughs> crazy yeah. shapes now. So it's, like, it allows for more kind of freedom, I guess. Very cool, though. It's very, uh, very uh, interesting and cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that, I think it was a good roundup. That, that was pretty much presentation of everything covered. Um, yeah. 25-minute video summed up in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like that. So. What were you going to say? Should we discuss the more fine green details that maybe didn't make the presentation? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is going to be good. So another article from The Verge, and it comes from our boy Tom Warren, who we've been following for ages now. I feel like basically we're a Tom Warren fan club over here. Hopefully he's a good dude. We, we never met him, but he writes good articles. Love to meet you so, one day, Tom. I know you're not watching. So Microsoft has a... Uh, yeah, so the, the Verge article... The title of it is Microsoft four Xbox exclusive games are coming to the PS5 and the Nintendo Switch. Microsoft is starting off with just four games, but there could be many more in the future. And speaking of which, from that episode, or the the actual Xbox podcast, which is going to be, re- uh, what's it called, referenced in this, they did mention that most of the games are going to be over a year old, and there's going to be a first iteration of the franchise it's meant to be like full potential on the Xbox platform and continued investment, community-driven games. That was like the main thing that they're concentrating on. So before we like really get in the article, I wanted to mention that part. Without further ado, so it's official. Microsoft is bringing some Xbox exclusive games to PS5 and Nintendo Switch. It's part of a broader strategy shift inside Microsoft's gaming business to grow games beyond just the company's Xbox consoles. We've made the decisions. This quote is from Phil himself. So Phil Spencer said, we've made the decision that we're going to take four games to the other consoles. Um, Bizarrely, Microsoft is refusing the name of the titles. That's not really that bizarre, Tom. He did say that he wanted to keep it, like, let the actual publishers... Yeah, at the discretion of the publishers. Yeah, at the discretion of the publishers, because the publishers wanted to make a big announcement, make it a big deal. Phil was pretty straightforward about that. So, But the company says that there are two are community-driven games, and the other two are smaller titles. Sources familiar with Microsoft plans tell me the first two titles will be Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment, which makes a lot of sense, followed by Sea of Thieves and Grounded. Sea of Thieves makes the most sense, I think, out of all of them. Dude, could you imagine? Now, Sea of Thieves, I think, has had like a bit of a drawback a little bit. It hasn't been as popular as it once was. Bit of a dip, yeah. Bit of a dip that happens in life cycles. They they continue continually update it. Rare is a wonderful game developer publisher, whatever you want to call them. And if they could get that on like PlayStation Five, get a whole new fa- dude. I got some boys who have never gotten off PlayStation in fifteen years. Oh baby, I'm gonna get them on Sea of Thieves, and we're gonna be so toxic. I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs> Listen, dude. Imagine playing. I don't know if you can actually do this effectively, but if you were on a boat playing Sea of Thieves on a Switch, bro, can you imagine? That'd be crazy. It'd be like, Ooh. it'd be like, you should be here. Like, you should just be enjoying the view, but you're just here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, dude, give me that, give me that Apple headset. I'll be there. You know, like, integrate it, integrate it and everything. Give me the vision, Pro, of baby. <laughs> so much fun, dude. All right, so let's continue on with the article here. So Phil Spencer claims there hasn't been a change to the company doing Xbox exclusive yet. And at the same time, he also thinks there will be fewer console exclusives across the industry over the next decade. I think that's very true. I think that it's just a matter of time until all games are on all platforms. It's just, is PlayStation going to give it up? I I don't think Nintendo ever will. That's why I'm like putting in the uh, if. For PlayStation, Nintendo oh, ain't ever doing it. They're never gonna allow Mario on like an Xbox. They just they they had that blue ocean, and they're just keeping it. They're like, we're keeping the strategy. We're not leaving it. This is, yeah, these are our children. A hundred percent. And Nintendo is just like, we've been around longer than all of you. Get <laughs> effed. <laughs> we keep it. <laughs> uh, yep. Like so, lo- such an old company. Um, 
Anyways, so this quote goes on from uh, Phil on the actual Xbox podcast. Check it out. We do have a link probably in the description or it's on YouTube. Uh, He says, I do have a fundamental belief that over the next five to ten years exclusive games, games that are exclusive to one piece of hardware, are going to be smaller and smaller part of the game industry. And then Microsoft is framing this move as just four games that the company can learn from, testing the waters, if you will. But rumors have suggested that Microsoft's ambitions for multi-platform games go much deeper. Starfield was rumored for PS5, and I reported earlier this month that Microsoft has been considering launching Indiana Jones on the PS5 months after his Xbox launch. Launch. And Spencer confirms that Starfield and Indiana Jones are not part of the first four games, but he doesn't rule out the possibility for these titles to arrive on the PS5 in the future. I don't think we should, as an industry, ever rule out a game going to any other platform, says Spencer in an interview with The Verge. We are focused on these four games and learning from the experience. We don't have work going on on other franchises. But for anybody to stand up and say something's never going to happen, I think it feels like creating more certainty in a world of gaming where you really want to respond to what customers want and what other players and creators are looking for. So not every Xbox game is suddenly going to appear on rival consoles, but Microsoft is clearly considering the potential for more in the future. Interesting. So... Mr. Tom Warren asked Phil Spencer whether there would be more multi-platform games, especially if these four are successful. And his response was, yeah, but we haven't seen that yet. We are obviously one of the biggest publishers on PlayStation and Nintendo today. When you think about the Activision Blizzard and Bethesda lineup of games. So we know what it means to ship games on Steam, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox. There are games that originally launched on Xbox. They were Xbox branded games and we want to see what happens. Because going and doing the development work to bring them to new platforms is real work. We want to make sure that the return makes sense. We want to make sure that the audience there has an appetite. Maybe they don't. Very interesting. Maybe they I don't. Think, uh, yeah, I think PlayStation, like fan base in terms of like, I think they're a little bit more loyal. They're a little bit more of like fans of the PlayStation IP uh, than the Xbox crew is. I think that has a lot to do with just maybe Xbox players now have the ability to play Xbox games, pretty much all Xbox games, on the PC. And once you can get to another platform like a a powerful PC, you have so many options for all different brands, all different games, and it becomes less of like the console you play on. You know? Yeah. Which. So we got a lengthy article here, don't we? So Tom goes on and he says he understands that Microsoft has also previously been weighing up the idea of bringing uh, Gears of War, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and even the next Doom game to rival platforms. That would be kind of like wild. All three of those right there. That'd be nutty. Um, Final decisions haven't been made on these other games, but there's bound to be more than just four. As the strategy evolves, it's clear there will be some interesting decisions being made for the future of the Xbox games and exclusivity. And then I believe um, Tom basically goes on a little bit further to start speculating. So what are your thoughts, Kyle? What do you think about think, all the new games that are coming out of I Xbox? Think this is ultimately an initial experiment, a prototype, to see how these games do on other consoles, see how these games do with other markets. And uh, like and like you were saying, like Phil Spencer saying, like eventually it's gonna be ecoless just kind of kind of run free i think for most publishers and makers with the caveat of nintendo which i think we can both hold as you know if there's anyone that doesn't do it it's definitely them yeah i think that's fair i really do yeah. i think i think this just goes back to the overall business that xbox has always been trying to do and phil really hinted on that in the podcast of they're just really trying to get people on the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass. And if that means if we can get you on the Ultimate Game Pass while you're on PlayStation, they'll do it. Because they're like, we just need people to subscribe. Like, don't you want these games? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. It'll be very interesting to see an Ultimate Game Pass on a PlayStation 5. I wonder if you'd get the full library at that point. Because that would, like, void out yeah. the uh, that not every single Xbox game will be on there that he was talking about it'd be very interesting you'd have to create a new tier it's like yeah. the xbox playstation game pass 
That'd be yeah, that'd be interesting. More subscription yeah. servants and more ways to confuse the consumer. I think uh, you, you gotta love it, right? <laughs> Jeez, that's <laughs> oh, a man. fact. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, Phil Spencer also talks <clears throat> about kind of further on the article. You know, this is the reason we they want to try to get you know these games on quote unquote rival platforms is because you know they want long term success for games, which I think is you know I think makes sense. I mean, yeah, kind of break down those barriers. I think. Uh, more people will play, more people will win. Xbox's slogan, right? I think it's even on their YouTube channel, is like, when more play, when more people play, we win, or something like that. You know, yeah. I butchered yeah. that, but you get the idea. Like, you want as many people to, you know, utilize the platform and play games because, yeah, we all play, we all win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it really seems like Xbox is just trying to, like, push the industry into a subscription based model where you don't own any games. But you can also play any of the games anywhere on any device. Yeah. I think that's their ultimate goal, which is like, it makes a lot of sense. That's really good for new modern games. I do yeah. think it's a, uh, the only hindrance for me is the fact that you don't physically own games anymore. Yeah. That's, that's the part that's like, really doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. That... But everything else I'm cool with. I mean, yeah, I'm the same way. Like that—that that is the only true downside to me is that there's just like, what does that mean for preservation? And I just like right now, there's just no solution for that, <laughs> and it's kind of just it only getting worse. Um, and so that's that's certainly my only concern, kind of going into this. I know, and like I, that's something I didn't open my eyes up until probably the last year, like getting into especially like retro stuff, like retro games and whatnot, and kind of just saying like, oh yeah, like you know, nowadays it's very like you know. Dude, there isn't as much like there's really no ownership nowadays in terms of what it is back then where you just had the physical game you're like no one can take that from you right like, that is the game in your hand 100 yeah um and yeah these days it's it's not like that even like I, I feel like even the new like console stuff like that like when you get the game on disc i don't i'm pretty sure it's just like a digital key almost <laughs> it's like you don't even like basically is really yeah the game like yeah like I, i'm pretty sure it is because what happens like how do you how do you put like, what's the maximum capacity, storage capacity on a DVD, like yeah, a disc? Know. All I know is Final I, Fantasy, the next Final Fantasy, Rebirth, that's on two. <laughs> so, I mean, that's all I know. <laughs> so, if it's on two, then that means they're actually putting stuff on it. Yeah. I mean, or the maybe they're thing, doing, like, partial downloads. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing about that, the biggest reason reason behind that, I think, is just the patches, right? Like, there's those day one yeah. patches are so massive now. It's like, that's why people say, you know, you don't really, like own the full game even if you have the disc uh, it's like those patches are just killer it's like i yeah. i get it but i don't get it because like back in the day like dude there was there was day one passes for the original xbox but you still have owned the physical game yeah. they're like xbox live only updates that you can do that thankfully people have archived um, and you can still download them for like your consoles if you happen to get back in like retro gaming it's just yeah. i don't find that to be a legitimate excuse i think it's a uh, it's a it's a way to keep people from owning the game and it's really i think the overall goal is to get rid of the used game market altogether i think they want mm -hmm. to get a place get rid of places like eb games pretty much is, is gone or gamestop just get right, rid of yeah. used games altogether yeah yeah um yeah I, I, that's the that's the goal right we're seeing that now everything's going to digital no one's going to own their stuff. and uh, I don't know. World domination is imminent, Mike. That's all I can say. I mean, it's so funny, too. We see this article right here. It's a related article. It's something we didn't even cover, but Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass service grows to 34 million subscribers. However, I saw a caveat to this, Mike. Listen, I saw a caveat to this that said that number includes the Xbox Core service, which used to be Xbox Live Gold. Xbox so, Live, yeah. It's a little okay, padded, so but like sense. you see, okay. it's like it's still we're out here with these subscriptions. Xbox make, make a lot of money off these subscriptions, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Out here. This is, this is Dude, this but is like but like let me let me look up. So thirty-four times how much? Sixty bucks a year. That is sixty to one twenty, right? I guess. It's a range. Yes. Thirty four million times sixty for a year is at minimum two thousand forty, which is is that is that two billion forty million? Two billion and forty million dollars yeah. a year yeah. just off subscriptions, bro. And their yeah. their Microsoft Azure servers are still trash. 
bro, fix them. Like, you can spend that much money? Holy crap. Oh my god. Sanity. Um, but let me go ahead and wrap up this article, and then it ties actually perfect into the, the final article of the day. Uh, so I'll third from the bottom. I'll read the last three paragraphs so the readers can can read along with me. Okay. So there was... An, he, yeah, so this is basically uh, Tom going into it. So there are even some more console and controller options, in quotes, for Xbox fans this holiday, and perhaps even an Xbox handheld in the future. I'm not holding my breath on that one, to be honest. You can read more about the Microsoft's Xbox hardware plans here. So looking forward to Kyle getting into that, but let's go on to this uh, ending. So Tom finished his interview with Phil Spencer by asking him, what is Xbox to Microsoft now? And Phil's response is Xbox is our gaming platform and content business. It's the number one consumer business that Microsoft has. It's an important business. It's a consumer category that is driven by technology and creativity. Boom. Very interesting. Boom. Very interesting. Lay it down, baby. It's great. It's the number one Boom. consumer business. I guess consumer centric because like Microsoft's number one business is software like Teams, Windows, Outlook, Windows, Windows itself. <laughs> like, but that's more of probably like a business consumer. I, I don't even know how you would categorize that. I'm sure there's somebody with an MBA watching. They know. <laughs> but, but the final the final one, I agree with Tom wholeheartedly. This makes a lot of sense. So he goes. But Phil never mentioned that Xbox is a console, a single piece of hardware, because it's not anymore. Microsoft Gaming has grown way beyond the Xbox. Now the company is beginning to really show what its Xbox Everywhere vision is all about. If Microsoft is successful, it could change the way the entire game industry thinks about making games. If it's not, then you can bet Microsoft will be back to the drawing board to figure out how it can continue to take Xbox Everywhere. I think, X I think Microsoft winning. For sure, dude. I think they're super inviting for indie developers to make new games on new platforms. And if you have the most amount of players, every new game developer moving forward will want to create products or games on the, the Microsoft and Xbox platform. platform. Yes, they will. 100%. Yes, they will. Which means we're going to get way more games on the Game Pass, and it's just going to make that Ultimate Game Pass more and more Listen, valuable. We're getting... We, if we get more cocoons, Mike, it's a great year, great day, great life. You know what I'm saying? If we can get more Ori in the Blind Forest. Or Ori <laughs> oh, man. Will the Wiss. Oh, my oh, Will goodness. The Wiss. Let me, let me see the triple one. Let's go. Give Where's me the, the third. Three -peat? Where's the three-peat? Nah, those guys moved on to another game, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. But... Stellar. Stellar. But all right, that's what? all I got for you, man. You want to wrap up the hardware bit? Sure do. We've been talking about all this software and the plant the platform of Microsoft. Let's talk about this. Microsoft teases an ultra powerful next gen Xbox and maybe a handheld. This is from Tom Warren. Same article, same site. Well, not same article, same same writer. <laughs> They're linked to each site. other. <laughs> They're linked to each other. You get the I listen, listen, okay. We, we we begin. Microsoft is teasing the potential for unique Xbox hardware in the future and a powerful next-gen console. Four previously exclusive Xbox games are officially coming to the PS5 and Nintendo Switch soon, and Microsoft wants to reassure Xbox fans that it's still very much invested in the future of its platform and hardware. In an official Xbox podcast today, Xbox president Sarah Bond teased that Microsoft will deliver the largest technical leap with the next-generation Xbox. She said, quote, We've got more to come. There's some exciting stuff coming out in the hard, in hardware that we're going to share this holiday. We're also invested in the next generation roadmap. What we're really focusing on there is delivering the largest technical leap you have ever you will have ever seen in a hardware generation, uh, which makes it better for players and better for creators and the visions that they're building. Speaking to the Verge. Microsoft Xbox uh, or Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer went a step further, teasing that the Xbox hardware teams are thinking about building different kinds of hardware. I'm very proud of the work that the hardware team is doing, not only for this year, but also into the future. We're really thinking about creating hardware that sells to gamers because of the unique aspects of the hardware. It's kind of an it's kind of an unleashing of the creative capacity or creative capability of our hardware team that I'm really excited about. Perhaps that unique hardware is an Xbox handheld. Think about that, Mike. Think about you know? sick. It would be sick. I'm not gonna lie to you. 
Sick. We see a lot of opportunity in different types of devices, and we'll share specifics on our future hardware plans as soon as we are ready, says Microsoft in a Xbox blog post today. They are... There have been persistent rumors of an Xbox handheld, and Spencer has been liking posts on X that mention the possibility of this hardware. I'm a big fan of handhelds, says Spencer. I'm a big fan, but nothing to announce. He does admit that there's still a lot of work to be done on the Windows side of handheld gaming PCs. He said, quote, one of the weak points in the experience of the ROG or the Lenovo Legion Go is Windows. How Windows works on computer, on controller inputs, rather, only on that kind of DPI um, on a smaller 8 to 7 inch screen. It's a real design point that our platform team is working with Windows to make sure that the experience is even better. Before the next generation Xbox, potentially even a handheld, it sounds like the leaked diskless Xbox Series X and new controller might still be a thing. Quote, we have a robust and innovative multi-year hardware roadmap, including more console and controller options for you this holiday, says Microsoft in a blog post. Xbox players will know that their games are built to maximize the latest features of our hardware and services. All right, Mike, you're going to be sitting on the light rail. You're going to be sitting in the subway. You're going to be sitting on the L train, playing your Xbox handheld on a purely optimized version of Windows that works seamlessly. And you're sailing off in the sea while you look outside, see a couple skyscrapers, see a little rain. Maybe you look down, see a homeless person, you look right back up, see the rain, see the sky again. Maybe you see a little car, you see a Tesla Model 5000 on the road hovering. Not even using, it, defying the laws of physics. We have magnets in the roads now. But you're, but you're, <laughs> but you're just enjoying your Sea of Thieves grounded 3.5. And oh, dude, that is a big hand. <laughs> dude, yeah. It's that big. It's the size that. of your keyboard. <laughs> just. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, shout out to the people that actually have video on. Oh man! Listen though, for real, I think um, I, I think it's cool that Xbox is still trying to stay in the hardware game. I mean, they certainly don't have to. Um, so the no. fact that they're you know kind of just saying like, well, I mean, I, I think this is the thing, dude. They have so many resources now, and they have so much like they have so much capital and a lot to work with. Like now, what he's saying is like, yeah. let's just focus on making something that's unique and creative, and not so much worry about trying to make like you know these you know crazy devices that'll probably be you know out of date in two years like let's make something that's like you know people want to own kind of thing so i could respect that and i, I don't know i'm curious to see I, I know probably in the short term it's probably going to be kind of what we discussed in, on an episode last year of just like you know they're releasing probably a discless console it's gonna have a different look to it but and there's also going to be like improved controllers and stuff like that coming yeah. out like there's kind of going to be mid i think there's going to be not mid but like there's going to be sort of like I don't know, kind of an iterative, um, you know, process or life cycle before they do a giant technical leap with their next generation. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I think it's kind of weird. It's like Nintendo was so ahead of the game when it came to the handheld that they came out with, uh, the Nintendo Switch, obviously. And just the the ability to have a dock that will also connect to your TV so you can have more of a traditional console experience. But if you want to be on the go, just like go over there and pick it up and you're good to go. It's that's like awesome, really, really good. And it would be nice to see Xbox and Microsoft finally collaborate and make a really good handheld that works wonderful with Windows. Yeah. A perfect handheld that you just need to use the joysticks. All the buttons are there. You're good to go. Maybe even like bring back one of those uh, attachable keyboards so you can use your thumbs and like text and chat or whatever. <laughs> like a Blackberry. Sell it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like a, for like cellular service for the handheld. So you're good to go. I think that'd be nice. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say it's the one thing I admire about the Switch, and I think one thing that I wish kind of more companies take advantage of is like utilize that USB C insane throughput to just like Dude, make a console. Yes. You can bam, bam. You're just you know if you want to take it on the go, you can. If you want to play on your home setup, you have a great looking visual that you can utilize like a console. So yeah, it's crazy stuff. Yeah, you know? I think. We're definitely going to get more information in June at the showcase that they uh, that they all mentioned. We're probably, I don't I don't think we're going to get a new Xbox really this year. It doesn't seem like it. I thought we were going to get Nintendo Switch information, the Switch Two, and Nintendo basically came out and was like, nah, not not this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dang man, it's it's February. Come on, <laughs> like, 
can you at least wait until November to, to break yeah. our hearts? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I would like to see the handheld market come out. I think it's going to be... I think it's it's very interesting. I thought this was going to be the last iteration of Microsoft's hardware. I didn't think they were going to really go for another console. You know, I thought yeah. they were going to concentrate more on, like, stream relays, like a Fire Stick or something. I thought that was going to be their future. Yeah, I mean... I feel like there's still room for something like that in the future. I would certainly love, like, at this point, if we're going to lean so far into streaming, like, some sort of streaming device would be kind of sick. So I don't have to have, like, crazy hardware to use my internet. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But, yeah, but, like, mm-hmm. think about it this way. Xbox paired up with Samsung for their TVs. Yeah. And also Samsung makes phones, and they also make tablets. And Game Pass works fine using that. I mean, there are some delays, for sure, you can't have like competitive shooters and stuff. But overall, it's like it's good enough to game on if you have good internet. Yeah. So in a way, we already have a handheld too. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's true. I mean, there, there's many ways they can go, but I think, uh, I think kind of what they're laying out here. Hope Xbox knows what they're doing. You know, hope they release some fire. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Very true. Very true. Facts. But I guess uh, no print. That's that is it. For the articles for this week, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Like I said, very Xbox heavy, but a lot of uh, I think it's cool to get some kind of mid February outside of like you know you know June and kind of the big months where we hear a lot of these announcements. So True. I'm always here for it. Yeah, there there really wasn't too much else. Like like we said at the beginning of the episode, it was just it, it was kind of like all filler, like just people coming out and they're saying more and more stuff of just stuff that we already covered. Seemed like everybody was just trying to hit their quota of the number of articles they could push out in a week. <laughs> I just want to, yeah, no kidding, dude. <laughs> a lot awesome. of repeats, a lot of like, oh, we heard one new thing, and then they created two paragraphs, and it's like the headlines more on topic than the paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it was one of those weeks, I think. But yeah, glad we got some. Uh, we found some heat. We found some on the nuggets of gold in there. Yes, sir. But you know what's really cool is, uh, I guess to really close out the article, or this week's episode, we can talk a little bit about just the new games that are coming out with like Helldivers 2 came out that was really popular. True. Um, people are streaming it like mad. We have, I was really excited for Banisher's Ghost of New Eden, which was actually oh, okay. got like a good rating. And then we got a couple of like remasters that came out yesterday. We got Skull and Bones coming out this week. We'll see <laughs> about that. And honestly, outside of that, man, we got Pacific Drive, but the rest is we're just hanging out. We're just chilling. Yeah. I so I, I just gotta get one thing straight, Mike. You're telling me that you did not pre order Skull and Bones to get early access. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? You did not get the seventeen, eighteen dollar Ubisoft plus membership just to get three days early on Skull and Bones? You make the sacrifice too? Well, um no. Heck no. <laughs> Come on, dude. I'm, I'm so disgusted with that game in the process of which it's been marketed and given up on and brought back to life like Frankenstein's monster that when you and Nick <laughs> were talking about it, I didn't even want to look it up. You're like, mm-hmm. Co-Carnage is over here playing. He's only playing for two hours. He he ended it exactly two hours. And my response was like, I bet it was probably a paid ad. And then sure you was. said it was, like, <laughs> it was a hashtag ad. <laughs> Nick was like, he looks disgusted. He's upset. Dude, it's just like... Did he turn his stream off afterwards or did he just leave? Well, yeah. Well, I think like he was done for the day anyway. So he's just kind of like, oh, his two okay. hours are up and he's like, all right, I'm, yeah, he's like, I have to get off anyway. So, um, okay. Thank you, Ubisoft. At least thank you, Ubisoft, you know, the kind gesture yeah. of paying him to play that game. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I man. want Ubisoft to succeed. I really do. Oh. I just. I think that game is just going to be trash and it's upsetting because Assassin's Creed Black Flag is an amazing game. It is. So. And so you know what we recommend over here at the M2 Podcast? Go play Assassin's Creed Black Flag. <laughs> 100%. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. It's like, it's probably the last game I beat 100% all the way through, start Maybe. to bottom, 100% completion, all collectibles found. The game, I love this game so much. That there was a shanty that was glitched inside the map that I could not get. I started the game over and I fixed it. And I beat it 100%. <laughs> beat the game 100% twice, dude. Basically. 
Man, Such I just the best memory I had was just like sailing on the sea and playing those shanties and just like I could have done that for hours. I feel like <laughs> this is so much Dude, fun. I, bro, I I love that game so much. I was ready to tattoo my entire body covered in sailor tattoos, grow my hair out super long. That's half the reason I grew my hair out, by the way. Hey, grew my hair out because I wanted to be a pirate. And the other one is uh, uh, I got really big into Sons of Anarchy. Mm. Jack's Teller, dude. That's a like sick. I mean, yeah, season three, podcast lore. I don't know, you know, long hair era, yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It was looking very poofy, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, All man. right, enough about me. Let's uh, let's let the people know if you want to find any of the articles that we've covered, you want to check out any of them whatsoever. We got the links in the description below. We also just cover them on the video format. We give out shout outs for the writer and the article, so definitely check those out. If you want to contact us directly, we have social medias. Uh, we have a Discord that we just kind of... It's becoming more of like a Carolina Hurricanes fan page at this point. <laughs> like, Carolina Sports. <laughs> Carolina uh, Sports. Just We're real sad over here. Shout out, Panthers. Um, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but without further ado, I guess... Uh, you got anything for him, Kyle? Did I miss anything? Dude, I think I laid it on the table. I do need to get out here, though, because this one right here is like... I, I never see him like, I never in get the background. Fed. So yeah, she, she's going nuts. She's like, I never get fed, even though she just ate. So yeah. giving you the death glare. All right, yeah. let's wrap it up. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. Check us out on all other platforms and have a good one. I'm Michael Anthony. It's Kyle Heath. Peace out. Bye, everyone. Adios. Keep gaming. Keep gaming. <laughs>